welcome to the Echo Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So we've been, this, this first season term of church has been, has been special. The context has been at the table. I'm not going to hammer that home too much this morning. We're going to just move straight out of that and into some things the Lord's highlighted throughout the week and put onto page this morning. Um, again, I love it. I hate it, but it's good. Um, and we've been talking about presence and pursuing the Lord not for what he can do, but for who he is. It's a game changer to pursue his face, not his hands. And the word presence means face, panim, Hebrew word, panim. It means the face of God, where we see his countenance towards us that's full of acceptance and approval before we do anything which qualifies us to worship even more than we thought we could. He's seeking worshippers. He's looking for worshippers. And the ones that worship in, in the spirit and in truth are the ones that he's seeking. And this idea, this thought, this concept of, of pursuing his face is something that he's teaching us, spending time with Jesus every day. What are we, day 33, is it today? We've got seven more days of, of, of developing healthy habits. And you don't have seven days and that's it forever to develop that habit. But we've just had this beautiful opportunity as a church. Like all, all the people around you have been doing these devotionals or some of them or a lot of them, I don't know, presume a lot of us, have been doing it together and, and reading the same scriptures you've been reading, getting different things out of them and being encouraged by them. And, 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 and I'm praying that this that we would be known for people who know how to spend time with Jesus. That it's not just a church thing or a purpose group thing or a corporate thing or we just, we ride the wave, so to speak, of someone else. You know, that there's moments where we either jump on a wave or we actually have to create the wave. And church is one of those things where the wave is created for you and you get to jump up on a board and surf it. You, you've got to make decisions in that, on that wave like don't jump off or, or hang on or a barrel's coming, kneel down. You're still going to make choices when you're on the wave, but the wave is, is created for you. But there's other times outside of those corporate moments of encouragement and waves being created for you where you've got to create your own wave, where you've got to ask the Lord to help you create your own wave, where you can start to be intentional and make great choices about spending time with Jesus. Not religion. We hate religion here. We're not into that. We're into building a history with the Lord where we know where he's at and what he's like. His word and his ways. Is that okay? Thank you. So seeing him rightly is a big deal to us. So we don't create a God in our own image and we don't rewrite the scriptures for the day that we're living in. And we don't change the scriptures according to the culture and the current society and the current trends and try and be cool, and try and be fit in. We're not going to fit in. And the Lord's inviting us to move out of just arguing that he's real into demonstrating that he's real. We're meant to do the will, not to just preach the will. And the will of the Father is that none should perish and that all should come to change the way that they think about what God is like, a kind, perfect father. And they're invited and they've already been forgiven and all they've got to do is accept him and believe and they are saved. So yeah, it's important that we don't create a God in our own image, so we've got to see Jesus rightly because the Israelites at the bottom of the mountain, 
didn't see God rightly and perceived him to be someone else. So they burnt some gold and created an image and started worshipping that. But he's inviting us to see him rightly. Because if we don't see him rightly, we'll wonder why we're anxious and depressed and exhausted and fearful. And always feeling behind and under the water and always needing a holiday and just hoping for the weekend so we can get some rest and some peace. And all those things are great when we're in a place of health. But when they're the things we're hoping for and clinging to and if that happens, then I will, then we've missed that Jesus is our rest and, and that Jesus is our peace and that Jesus is our portion and that Jesus is our hope and that Jesus is our joy. And I'll say primary because other things bring those things, but he's the primary source. If we make him our only source, we, 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 we can live dysfunctionally in the emotional health space and it's all just about him. Justin and Jen Stockman talk about a spiritual bypass, that, that it's only praying and it's only word and we live in this place where we're neglecting our soul. But it's learning how to manage both and the spirit leading the soul. But Jesus is our peace, our hope, our joy, our life, our portion. And rest, peace, hope and joy is not something that we are attaining. It's not something that we're striving for or working toward. It is our inheritance now. It's our portion now. And it's learning how to move from just renting the idea in our heads to actually owning the idea, the thought, the belief in our heart so that we can protect it and watch it grow. Does that make sense? Because the, the learning how to pursue the face of God requires things from us. He's saying, come up here so that I can show you a whole bunch of stuff. This life is not a natural life. It's a, it's a supernatural life where you're actually called to, to see wild things happen and to be in a place of you and him that you only dreamt of. A feeling and knowing the full acceptance and approval of, 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 of actually having hunger and passion fill and fuel your life. Like when, when, when the disciples said, Jesus, are you hungry? And he goes, no, 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 I'm all good. John 3.34, he said, no, I'm all good. My food is to do the will of the Father. So, so the why of Jesus, the reason and purpose, why means reason and purpose. The why of Jesus was to do the will of the Father. And I feel like the Holy Spirit is disrupting us and, and, and shaking a few things. And I've felt like the things that were satisfying me aren't anymore because he's asking us to come up here. And when we go up there, some things have got to fall off. The things that we want to fill us with hope, joy and peace and all those things, those things have got to fall off so that he can bring those things to us because if he brings those things to us, we can stay up there. We can stay in our position of being seated in him. We can see him rightly, consciously and continually and consistently and regularly where we can maintain current hope so we don't defer it 
So we live in this beautiful place of maintaining current hope, which is because we remember our testimonies and we know our promises and prophecies. And if we know them and we know that, it keeps us in this beautiful place of maintaining hope. And if we maintain hope, we don't push it off and our heart doesn't get sick. If we don't stay here remembering our testimonies and our memorial stones that we gathered from breakthrough, when we build, this is what God did. And if we don't have prophecies, specific promises that have been articulated for our hearts and lives and the promises, the Word of God, let the Word of God dwell in us richly, Colossians 3.16. If we don't allow that, then we're susceptible in the middle ground of the waiting. And we defer hope, which makes our heart sick. So the seeing him rightly is a big deal. Deuteronomy. Wow. Didn't think I was going to pull out Deuteronomy, did you? Deuteronomy 8, 1 to 3 in the... NIV, this is Moses. There's a whole bunch of preparing for the promised land. Preparing for the promised land. We've done a whole bunch of, no, we haven't. We've done one session on the tabernacle and the, the bread of the presence and all the requirements and the, the, the portable tent of meeting and the tabernacle and how all of the the beautiful sections and articles and how it was made is all a picture pointing to Jesus and what's available for us. So continuing on from all of that that is happening, Exodus, Leviticus, we move into uh, uh, Numbers, we move into Deuteronomy and there's this preparation happening because the heart of the Father, the heart of God is that the people would live in Abundance would the heart is that us and them all all people his heart has always been to live in the promised land to live in inheritance to live in abundance to live in fullness regardless of enemies and grasshoppers and giants regardless of that it's to live in that place of freedom and in him yeah so Deuteronomy preparation for the promises for the promised land. Be careful, Moses says, to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart whether or not you would keep his commands. Verse three, he humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known. To teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and you may enter and possess. Live and increase, live abundant life and increase so that you may enter and possess. Are you with me? 
As believers, it's super important that we know how to possess promises. Possessing promises, pulling on promises. David, I won't go into it, but David was pulling on promises from another time. The, the, the temple, uh, the tabernacle, the system, the worship system, the tabernacle of Moses was instructed by the Lord. It was approved by the Lord. David did something that he was not asked for, that was contrary to that design. He was pulling on another time where, where worship would explode and what the Lord would want. Guess what Amos and Acts says which tabernacle was going to be re- rebuilt? Not the one that God designed and ordained. It was the one that David perceived in the heart of the Lord. I will rebuild the tabernacle of David. Is that awesome? It's amazing. Pulling on promises, possessing promises. He was preparing them to do that. So he had some instructions. He said, be careful. Follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase, and may enter and possess. We cannot enter and possess if we do not carefully follow His commandments, which are His Word. Colossians 3.16, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Ephesians 5.10, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. We can't carefully determine what pleases the Lord if the Word of God doesn't dwell in us richly. Such a great invitation for us to know what He is like, to know how He sees us. When we follow every command and every word with the hard attitude of saying yes before He asks or before He speaks, we will live in, we will live and be an increase because we encounter the author and become like him and then that qualifies us to enter and possess. God is actually preparing us. He was preparing them to be able to handle the blessing. He saw the critical, the critical stuff, the cynical, the fear, the doubt, the confusion, the worry, the how's this all going to work. He saw it all and he wanted to prepare them because gifts are great, power is great, but character is more important. There's something about preparing us to handle the dream because if Moses didn't guide them and lead them and and instruct them to follow, then they would just walk in with all all this stinking stuff and they couldn't actually handle the blessing. The blessing would crush them. And the Lord's like that today. Like there's, there's this there's preparing to, 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 not for an outcome, but to walk in promise, to live in the promises of God every day. And there's this preparing, and often we want to bypass the preparing and just be in it because it's a lot more comfortable. But He's doing this incredible thing in us where He's helping us become the people that can handle the dream. He's preparing us to become the people that can handle the blessing. He's preparing us to become the people that can handle the promise. Verse 2, remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble you and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep His commands. God does not send sickness ever, ever, ever. 
God does not send trials, but He absolutely uses them. He absolutely uses them. His heart is to heal. Trials and sickness are different. Come tomorrow night. Water, water plug. It, it, yeah, come tomorrow night. He absolutely uses trials and challenges and obstacles. And when we guard our heart during these challenges and obstacles, when we guard our heart and, and respond to the Father and not react to the devil, that prepares our heart to live and increase and enter and possess. Verse 3, it said, He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you or your ancestors had known, to teach you that man, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He's preparing them to handle the dream. He's preparing them to handle the promise. He's preparing us to handle what he's put in us. So it can manifest and so that we can impact and influence the world. You were born to change the world. The Lord is all about preparing them. He's all about preparing us to show us, to show them who holds their life. Showing them who's the one that provides, who's the one that fills and fuels. And all of that, when it's embraced and our hearts are guarded from, oh yeah, but I don't know about that. That's what qualifies us. That's what enables us. It's preparation to possess. And to teach you, Romans 8.3, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And don't you love it that Jesus quoted that? Don't you love it that Jesus quoted that? Let's read that. Matthew, three, uh, Matthew 4, 3 to 4. The tempter came, it's the enemy. The tempter came, this is Jesus, after being baptised in the wilderness for 40 days, and the tempter came and said to him, if you are the son of God, command these stones to become bread. Jesus responded, it is written, Moses said it, Deuteronomy 8.3, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes out of the mouth of God. I love what the New King James Version says. It said every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So it's not a preceding word and uh, an old word that, that is our, our life and our fuel and our, f our food, but it's the word that's proceeding. It's the current voice of the Lord. It's the current word of the Lord. It's being fresh and current and present with the Lord. Remember the manna was only edible for one day. It went bad after one day. Our Father who art in heaven, 
hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, this side of eternity. Your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Give us this day our daily bread. He's preparing us to become the people that can handle the dream. There's instructions, there's commandments, there's the Word of God, there's promises, there's character development, there's learning how to live emotionally whole in context of our spirit. There's a whole bunch of great good stuff that's going on. There's prophecies over you, promises over you about what's possible. And He's preparing us to become that person. Man shall not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds. The manna was only fresh for one day and He's making a point, Jesus, here with the same with His Word. Give us our day, give us this day our daily bread. Can I continue on and then we'll land. John 6, 31 to 35. If Mitch can jump up. John 6, 31 to 35. Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread out of heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread out of heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread out of heaven. Verse 33. For the bread of God is that which comes down out of heaven and gives life to the world. 34. They said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am this bread. I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will not be hungry. The one who believes in me will never be thirsty. Matthew 4.4, man shall not live on bread alone. Matthew 6.9, give us this day our day. Can someone get Mitch, please? That'd be amazing. Matthew 4.4, man shall not live on bread alone. Matthew 6.9, give us this day our daily bread. John 6.35, Jesus said, I am this bread. I am the bread of life. I wonder what would happen if we allow Jesus to take his rightful place. I wonder what would happen in our lives if we allow Jesus to be everything in our lives that he said he is and would be. I wonder what would happen if we actually took him up, took him took him up on the invitation of who he is and what he's like. I wonder what would happen to us if we allowed Jesus to be Jesus in our life, if we allowed Jesus to be our rest, if we allowed Jesus to be our peace, to allow Jesus to be our hope, to allow Jesus to be our joy, to allow Jesus to be our portion. I wonder what would happen to our minds, to our hearts, to our emotions, 
to our intellect, to all the feelings that often lead our lives. I wonder what would happen. I wonder what, where they would get positioned in all of our lives and what we're feeling and thinking and believing for. I wonder where they would filter down and end up landing if we would see Him rightly and position ourselves to experience everything that He has made available for us. Because there's a promised land to possess. There's promises for you to possess. There's promises, there's prophecies, there's things He has for you. And He's preparing you, not dangling the carrot in front of you that's too far out of reach as communion can be passed out. Give us this day our daily bread. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Bread is His Word. But bread is also presence. The bread of the presence on the table outside the Holy of Holies is a picture for us today of the bread of life. It's a beautiful invitation and it's a beautiful picture of what Jesus is offering about never thirsting again and never being hungry again. You see that, that Hebrew word for the bread of the presence, the showbread, the shewbread, S-H-E-W, is literally translated to face bread. painting a picture of what Jesus and the Trinity have always had in mind that we would encounter the Father, Son and Spirit face to face. Unhindered access. It's what the word prayer means in the Bible, pros UK, pros, face to face. It's what, it's what the word worship means in the Greek, Proskunio, pros meaning face to face. It's always been his heart. It's always been his intention. Bread is his word, but bread is the presence. The word of God is not void from the presence of God. It's living and active. It divides even to penetrating soul and spirit joints and marrows and it judges the attitudes and the thoughts of our heart. It reveals, it enlightens, it illuminates, it reveals. 
stay with me. said a similar thing to the woman at the well who was just in a mess lots of external things trying to satisfy her Jesus is like oh I'm fully aware of what you're pursuing to fill the need yep there's been quite a few men and the one that you're currently messing around with isn't actually your husband I'm fully aware of this and then he offers her water, living water, and the invitation to never thirst again. And she said, I want that kind of water. He said something similar to the disciples that we just read. I am the bread of life. You know that, that picture, that, the, the, the story of Moses, God providing through Moses and the Israelites, trying to sustain them, showing them Who's the provider? Giving them manna. Yeah, I am the manna, he's saying. I, I am the manna. I am the manna from heaven. And guess what? This isn't a 24 hour thing. This is an eternal thing. This is a lifelong thing. This isn't reserved for eternity. Eternal life starts when you say yes to Jesus. I am the bread of life. He's offering, he's saying, come up here because I'm offering you true bread and true water, living bread and living water. One that doesn't run out, one that doesn't dry up, one that will satisfy you. You don't need to run to the left or the right for things to fill you and feed you and satisfy you. He is the primary source for what you need. The other things are great. We're going on a holiday next week, excellent. If that's fueling my rest, I've got a major problem. We've got to be wise and schedule in holidays at the start of the year before anything else. We schedule in holidays before ministry. So we last, it's wisdom. But if that's primary, the dream can't happen. It's snippets and bits. I don't want snippets and bits. I want fullness. Firstly, with Him. And then secondly, the overflow of me and Him, which is the goal that we just live in overflow. We know how to spend time with Jesus every day. This is not our quiet time. The Word I'm preaching is not your food. It's just a lie that we believe. They're not feeding me. I'm not meant to be your primary source of food. The bread of life is. Mm. Haim, can you jump up, Haim? Thanks, God. Let's stand to our feet. He's offering the bread of life and the living water where your whole Christian life gets flipped upside down again. And we make the main thing the main thing. We're after presence, not performance. We're not in for a show. 
a nice, well-executed production. We're after Your presence, God. You've told us to seek Your face. So Your face we shall seek. David said, My heart has heard you say, come and talk to me. So David says, so my heart responds, Lord, I am coming. Just start singing this whenever whenever you're ready to do it.
represents the broken body. face was covered in blood. It's the blood that enables us to see his face. It's the blood that enables us to see his face. So we acknowledge that the blood is the it's the it's his blood that removes our sin and our sinful nature forever so we no longer have a sinful nature. Romans 6 is crystal clear. We are dead to sin and alive in God. He who, became, he who knew no sin became sin so that we could become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5, 19 to 21. Yeah, we appropriate that again this morning our righteous nature so we can see your face. Let's partake. <laughs> 